they were so kind and so helpful that it was like I remember I remember I remember telling my dad I, I was like man you know like they don't they don't want the story you know so I'm like kind of disappointed but the the feedback was so good that he was like that's rocket fuel and it did that just stuck with me like huh This is You May Contribute a Verse. I'm Brenna Jennerette, kidlit author, Colorado climber, and co-host of this podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Munkin, kidlit author, dad, and science communicator, and our podcast wizard, John Seymour, an author-illustrator, family man, and senior informatics dude. That was our guest, Malcolm Newsom, on how he took an initial rejection that would help propel his career. We also chatted with Malcolm about setting your bar as a writer, how to protect yourself from rejections, and the Ray Bradbury Challenge. If you don't know what that is, make sure to listen all the way through to the end. It might help propel your career too. And don't forget, October is Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. So make sure to check out Dear Star Baby, written by Malcolm and illustrated by Kamala Nair. Have a dead manuscript? Need help revising that manuscript or your query? Or maybe you just want help with comps or agent research, or your pitch could use some love. Check out Justin Cologne's editorial services. He offers everything from full manuscript critiques with Zoom to assistance with comp titles and brainstorming sessions. And if you can't decide which package is right for you, no worries. All of Justin's services can be purchased a la carte style, so mix and match whatever works best for you. And coming up on November 16th, don't miss designing book jackets with hand-drawn lettering. Author-illustrator John Hendricks will lead an introduction into the anatomy of type, an artist's approach to creating hand-drawn letter forms, and a brief overview of color in designing book jackets that read quickly and clearly. And the class will also embark on a, on a drawing workshop together. At $14.99, this is an incredible deal, so don't miss out and sign up today at thekidlithive.com. And now, here's Malcolm's verse. Right. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, okay. welcome right, to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. so happy to have you here. I am I am delighted to be here. I appreciate you both for having me. And I'm <laughs> of course. looking forward to having some fun. It feels like yeah. it was it's been a long time coming. I mean yeah, at, I think so. at least at least an opportunity for us to talk about bread, which with which I've warned Brenna significantly. Yeah, right. he, he's all like Malcolm and about. I are gonna talk about bread. And I was <laughs> like, okay, cool. Well <laughs> I'm like <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was just, uh, I've had recent FOMO. We had Adam Rex on and some other folks and she's talking about traveling to Korea and rock climbing. And these are things with which I do not resonate, but I resonate with bread. Yeah. He's all like, so we're talking about bread this time. I'm like, okay. But Malcolm, I have to say, I, I did a quick, like a read of your bio before you jumped on. So we actually have a ton in common, Josh. So I have lots to say oh, outside of bread. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, for instance, Malcolm also studied psychology in college. So did I. And you are in the Midwest, which I am not anymore, but I'm from Wisconsin. And you're in cybersecurity, oh. which my husband is also in cybersecurity. So. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I know. We have a lot to jump off about. Jen. Yeah, and you might dredge up some <laughs> other stuff that's commonalities because I've gotten my hands into a lot of things over the years. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what comes up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Where in Wisconsin? Where in Wisconsin? Uh, I'm from I'm from Wausau. That's where I that's where uh-huh. I grew up. Okay. Um, but I just moved from Sun Prairie. We lived outside of Madison for a little while because yep. my family is in that area. Great. But we moved to Colorado like three weeks ago because we just really love the mountains. So that's where we are now. You just left Wisconsin. Yeah, just like. Oh my yeah. gosh! Okay, literally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we still don't have like all our furniture. Like we have one chair downstairs that we're all fighting oh, over. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Brenda's also <laughs> right. shout out to our. I'm prepared our, to take. Uh, shout out to our podcast buddy uh, Emily Holy, who is compatriots with you there in Chicago, right? That's right. She is. She is in Chicagoland area. I think she's. Uh, I feel like I remember her being a little bit further south, but I don't remember exactly what city she was in. Yeah, it's a little bit outside of outside of the city. I actually got to meet up with her um, last February. I went down there to see Dan Santat talk, da- oh, be cool. and interviewed by Betsy Bird. It was very fun. Oh, it was nice. really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that yeah. was really fun. And she, it happened to be in like a bookstore, just like in her area. So we got to go together. So that was really oh, fun. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, doesn't she talk about bread with you guys? Isn't she in that thread? She is. She is. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Well. <laughs> We talk about Emily a lot on this podcast, too. She should probably just come on. (laughs) Yeah, get her on. Right? Okay, but enough about about all that stuff. Malcolm, for real, I'm so glad that you're here. And I want to hear all about um, Dear Star Baby, and I want to hear about how you got an agent and how you met James and all the stuff. So let's start at the beginning. Like, how did you get into picture book writing? (laughs) Oh, Jeez. Okay. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm sitting down. This sounds like this, <laughs> I this know. Is, this is a story that takes somewhat different forms depending on how much time I have to tell it. Uh, <laughs> so how much time do we have today? Uh, I don't have as much as you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So the, the the first what I call children's book that I wrote was oh geez I think this was like 2011 or so and the the whole reason I wrote it was um my oldest who is now 20 uh he was I guess he was about seven or so at the time so maybe it's a little bit yeah do the math I don't know if that lines up with 20. 11 or not but anyway (laughs) more or less he it yeah so he he it was it was an opportunity he was kind of like at that prime age right seven where i would i would often just kind of make up stories um for them like as they're going to sleep and stuff like that that's just that's kind of we'll touch on that but that's been a kind of a part of my um that's been a part of who I am for a, for a long time. But at this particular juncture, I started, uh, there was a particular story that I ended up kind of telling to him a little bit more often than not. And so what we decided to do was write it down and write it together. 
Oh, and that's fun. Yeah, so so he so I it was basically like almost ad libs in a way where you know we sat down and kind of fleshed the thing out. I said, okay, what should happen next? And then you know I would kind of contribute a little, and that was it. And so we ended up with this full story. It was called uh, The Silly Store, Manners or Bananas. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it, it was, it is terrible rhyme. <laughs> I mean, welcome to the it club, is, right? That's like yeah. a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is didactic in every sense of the word. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was ours. And, and, and so... I took it a step further by copywriting it because I was so excited and we have, our, we have our first children's book and we, <clears throat> we did a joint copyright and, yeah. and all that. So that was, like I said, that was, that was the first, what I consider children's book that I had ever written. Now we fast forward to 2018 and I have more kids now and there's this kind of bubbling discontent, discontentment, I guess I would say. And that is I could not, I was not finding books that I was super excited to read to them. They, mm -hmm. they weren't saying the things that I really wanted them to, to be saying. Or if they were saying it, I was like, eh, I don't know. That's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that great to me. So, <laughs> um, so that this was happening, and so that, that that that's one thing that's kind of like converging. The other thing that was happening is the job that I was in at that point in time. I was okay with it, but I was kind of getting antsy and I was, I had some entrepreneurial stuff in my past where I'd started a couple businesses and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, it's, it's time for me to start another business. <laughs> and this was not at all writing related. It was t something totally different. I was planning to start and like build an app and all this stuff and. I started working on a business plan for the thing and um, I, I, this is probably mid 2018. So by the time we were kind of getting towards 2019, I'm like, all right, 2019 is going to be the year. I'm going to, I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to run, <laughs> do it. And so I'm, so I, I'm also a very deeply spiritual person. And we start getting toward the end of that year and just kind of out of nowhere, I get this tug and it's like, God is telling me, you know, I want you to write and I want you to use your voice. And I'm like, hey, what, who is this talking to me? What? <laughs> like, do you have the wrong number here? I, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to right now. I, I've never, and, and, and. You must so, be shopping so, at the silly store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is this? What's, what's going on? And and I, I 
like writing was not on my radar like that. It was not. I had I had always thought it would be cool to be an author. And I would say that I had somewhat of a I I couldn't even call it a dream. It it wasn't I I would call it a dream and not a goal. And let's say that Mm -hmm. I thought it would be something that would be super cool if ever I did something interesting enough that I could write about it and share it and people would actually want to read it. And at that point in time, I did not feel like I was at that juncture. (laughs) So. So as I I paused there and I was like, okay, wait, this is not for me. This is not my idea. Let me sit with this and think about it for a little while. And um, so I did. And then I end up shortly thereafter. I don't remember how long it was. I end up getting followed on Instagram, I think it was, from Cardinal Rule Press. And I hadn't I hadn't heard of them before. I didn't know anything about them. But it, it but it really caught my attention because I'm first of all I'm like, well how did this how did this person find me? How did this publisher find me? Um but then I looked into them and it was kind of at the point in time where they had an open submission window. <clears throat> so I said, huh. So I did a little research and um, all right, I'll go ahead and submit my silly store story, you know, and I had it, I, I had it saved. So why not? Yeah. Go did, ahead. did you have You're anything say else? Something. Well, you, two things. Did you have no. anything else that you had written? No, you hadn't made a habit of this. Two, so jealous yet again of another connection you have with Brenna. I'm trying to build a rapport here. <laughs> I know. I was going to keep it to myself. I didn't want to be like, Josh, hello. We have all this stuff in common. They, I I know Cardinal Real Press because they, I, my debut picture book is being published with them this April. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I we have a lot in common. This. <laughs> Yeah. Did I miss this? Some, did I miss this announcement somewhere? And it has to do with yeah. baked goods. Maybe. Even worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways. We're going we to have to find a way to get some thunder back to you, Josh. Yeah, I don't, right. know. I don't have thunder. I get out of the way. Everybody thunder. Anyway. Oh, that's funny. Um, well... That's exciting because I the vibe that I got from them, even from that point in time, I'm like, this this is a cool publisher. Of yeah, course. I like I like them a lot. Yeah. Did they but yeah. but I wanna know what happened what happened with Silly Store. So you submitted? Okay. Oh, I submitted and it was a rejection, of course. Um but there was something I think about submitting it that gave me a little bit of extra like, huh. Maybe I can do this, you know, mm-hmm. and it, I didn't get any feedback on it at that time or anything like that. But I think it was just that process of going through it, needing to learn about a, a little bit more about publishing, learning about the submission process. Like I had to do some research, you know, so it was en- there was enough of that 
part of that process that made me think, okay, like, um, I'm, I'm going to commit to this and I'm totally. going to commit to doing it right. And as much <laughs> as I hate writing a query and a pitch and the whole thing, it really makes you think about the manuscript and why you're writing it. Right. So it's sort mm-hmm. of, I feel like that's, that's kind of the spark of, a, for a lot of us, like why we write something is, is really at the root of, you know, all of these stories that come out. And until you have to sit down and write that query, write that pitch, write the log line, whatever. And like, you know, get your idea across to somebody else. It's not always apparent, at least to me, you know, what, what like the seed of it is. Like I have to sit down and really think about it. And so that mm-hmm. I think is what sort of keeps us all going, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, right. This is why this is so important to me. Like, this is why I want you to read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there was a big part of that, that, that I started to realize 100% what you said is I started to realize even more from that point, the sorts of stories that I wanted to, that I wanted to put out into the world. A big part of that initial focus for me was, was actually a software related or technology related type stories. Yeah. And, um, I still don't have any of those published. (laughs) (laughs) We we talk a lot about in vain. Oh, I was going to say, are they similar in vain to sort of like the Josh Funk ones? Like, um, how to code a roller coaster, how to code a sandcastle, like stuff like that. So, my my the originally originally yes, I was thinking about like okay, how do how do I kind of infuse? I was more thinking about how do I infuse coding s- sorts of topics into yeah into kind of like everyday life. But not necessarily like I, I love the premise of his books where, it, you know, like how to code a sandcastle and stuff like that is like, OK, it takes takes the kids out into the world and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I was I think at that point in time, I was thinking I was still thinking much more didactic, but I was also thinking um, much more like, OK, um if like for example true and false as booleans you know like how can i infuse that into kind of a lesson about telling the truth you know sort of thing right so it's a little bit a little bit different in that sense cuz i was trying to i was trying to really you know again they they were very didactic so they just were not Reality is so much greater Suitable. than than Boolean <laughs> variables. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and do you feel like you were too? You were, you were, I, yeah. Do you feel like you were too close to that subject matter? I mean, we talk about ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Talk about my day job being in agriculture and food, um, and I feel like I'm too close to that to make something fun out of that, mm. which is probably a me a hurdle more than anything, but it's a, it's a real barrier to my thought process. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. I, I, I never thought of it that way, but there is sometimes, I, I think, I think ultimately for me, 
I needed to get, I needed to try to get away from how do I tell, whenever I think about those topics, it's kind of like I'm trying to teach or make it a lesson. Mm. And that, that is not a story to me. And so um, I think ultimately I realized that um, I don't really have anything to say as it, yet as it pertains to these topics now sidestep i am writing a middle grade novel and that is <laughs> that's about ai so Ooh. um but but also maybe to your point josh i'm not that close to ai so i'm it's kind of tangential for me because of course i'm in uh cyber and have been in software and stuff but yeah i'm not working in machine learning and all that stuff on a day-to-day basis. So maybe I, I got to think about that. Yeah. All right. I got to think about that. Maybe you're right because I've always, I've, I've always wanted to write like kind of like entrepreneurial sorts of stories too. Mm-hmm. And I have not been able to formulate any of those. Huh? There's your I've thunder, spent, Josh. I've, I've spent. <laughs> right. Here's what we have in common, I guess, is uh, spending too much time thinking about our, our the subject matter that takes up 40 hours or more of our week. Um, it's just so much, yeah. so much of of agriculture and ag communication and just pure communication is so internalized as part of my thought process. Like pulling that out and making it fun is mm-hmm. is is difficult for me. I mean, to your to your point the things that I write as a communicator for an ag corporation are very instructional. Like the the point of what I do for my job is to help people understand ag. The point of what Mm -hmm. you do is cybersecurity deep, you know, being embedded within cyber. So in a sense, it makes sense that, you know, we're not, we're not in it to the extent that we're riding, riding a roller coaster in it. We're in Mm -hmm. it. Like we're in the middle of a, of a big vat of, you know, subject matter goop that doesn't look very good yeah. from being within it. I don't know if that analogy holds, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought because um, to what I feel like I've, what I, what I feel like I'm continuing to try to get better at is the, the like story as metaphor and, you know, and sometimes Sometimes yes, you are too close to it, or you, or and, until you step away, like maybe you go on vacation or something like that, and you you're able to kind of like step away from the thing and let your mind create metaphor for the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I I have not successfully done that with obviously with software related stuff. Well, uh, coding, I guess I would say. But also to your point, ag. So I, I do a lot of like uh, gardening. I have a mini orchard, we call it, and I lo- and so I spend time with that. I spend time thinking about that every day, just about. Even if I'm just going out there to walk and look at the trees and check and make sure that everything looks good, or just mm. like see if there was like an extra centimeter of growth or whatever, <laughs> and. <laughs> But it's that same sort of premise is I've wanted to write stories about that. And I have not been able to really formulate those yet either. So, huh. 
<laughs> I think you got oh, it, Josh. I don't know. I yeah. No, no, no. I don't have any solutions. <laughs> but and there's a connection there because you know, orchard ag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There, there we go. go. <laughs> so, so after you got the rejection from Cardinal Rule, then then what happened after that? Because you must have kept writing. And then how did how did you um, connect with mm-hmm. James? Ah, okay. So, so yes, we're now into 2019 and I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. I had years, years prior. I don't even remember how I came across. I do remember how I came across this book. I went to this. um, So during my like entrepreneurial days, I went to this book conference down in St. Louis and talking to the authors there, it was one of those like, Hey, how did you do this? You know, like, (laughs) this is so cool. And one of them told me, I get this book. It's called the guide to literary agents. And it tells you everything you want to know about publishing Mm. and all of this stuff. So I actually got that book at that point in time. And I think I barely read it. <laughs> Maybe but you just I, got it through osmosis. Like it just yeah, but into I, you and you were like, ha I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I spent, you know, whatever, 15 bucks on it anyway. And um, it sat on my shelf, mostly collecting dust for a long time. But now fast forward to 2019. So, hey, where's that book at? So... I found it. Of course, it was dated. So I was like, oh, <laughs> let me get uh, let me get the current version. So I got the current version. <clears throat> and th- at that point in time, and it was so that was my like, OK, like that was the, that was pretty much the f- one of the first things after Cardinal Rule. That was one of the first things I did was read that book. And I like I understood, I felt like I understood, okay, this is what they're talking about with querying. And this Mm. is, this is how you find an agent or, Oh, these are like, there's a, there's a full directory in there of reputable agents or agents that they felt were reputable, you Mm. know, not enough to include in their directory. And so I started to, I started to research some of these agencies that were listed in that book the ones that I saw that were representing children's it's it's almost like a catalog like a static catalog of um uh MSWL in a way because mm. it will kind of tell you this is these are the things that they're looking for that they publish whatever yeah but visit the website so you know that it's current and whatever so i would go to the websites and then i started to see well a lot of them are using twitter so then I would go find them on Twitter and start following them and the 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 platform formerly known as, I guess I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started to find these um, agents there and start following them. And then I start kind of, there, there are certain ones that kind of come to the top because they're kind of constantly sharing advice or tips. Or things like that, and mm-hmm. one of those for me was Jennifer March Soloway. Oh yeah, at exactly. Andrew Brown. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, same. Yeah. I'm like, she's always got <laughs> gems on there. And yeah, yeah, she's always giving good tips, which I can't, I mean, shout out to her because I like, she is so busy and she is so professional and we've talked to several of her clients. She's also super responsive. So I don't know. And she, I mean, she sells a ton all the time. So like, I don't know mm-hmm. how she has the time or the bandwidth, but I so appreciate that she's willing to get on and like write these thoughtful, like super mm-hmm. helpful tweets. So yeah. Absolutely. It, she, she is, she is a bright spot in this, um, in this, you know, in the professional writing community. Totally. So, yeah. So I, I started kind of figuring out, trying to figure out what's what, who's who, what are they looking for? Along the way, I started learning about Oh, so the, where Jennifer March Soloway is also kind of important to this piece because I'm like, okay, she's she's interesting. She's saying a lot of cool things. <laughs> so then she would publish, okay, I'm going to be on this podcast or I'm going to be at these events and stuff mm. like this. And so I, in 2019, she published that she was going to be at the Atlanta Writers Conference. And I said, I'm going. This is going to be my, she's going to be my agent. Amazing. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Dude, another rite of passage. Another, I feel like we should take a poll like on Twitter or Blue Sky or wherever and just be like, all right, you know, check this box if you wrote bad rhyme. Check if you wrote something didactic. Check if you thought Jennifer Mark Shalloway was going to be your agent and you sub something horrible to her. Because like, I feel like across the board, that's what people do. Because she's so great. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. I- I'm going to sub you all of my stuff. And then we're like, oh, God, it was so bad. Like, thank you for not signing me on that. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, along the way, I had I had I was writing consistently by this point. And I had, I had actually shifted gears a little bit to writing a, um, an early chapter book. And that, that is what I took there to have this critique done by her and, um, another, it it was a, it was an editor from Harper. So they did the thing together. Um, so I think that was my, I think that was my, my first real feedback on a story, I think. And they were so kind and so helpful that it was like, I remember, I remember I remember telling my dad, I, I was like, man, you know, like they don't, they don't want the story, you know? So I'm like kind of disappointed, <laughs> but the, the feedback was so good that he was like, that's rocket fuel. And it did, they just stuck with me. Like, huh? Like the way he phrased it, I'm like, mm. huh? Yeah. You know? And <clears throat> I, it, it was, so I, I sat with the things that they said and it was so detailed and again, so kind that it, it helped me, like it helped me keep going. Mm. 
and it helped me understand a little bit more what they're looking for. And I, from there, started writing more, you know, and I, I, some, somewhere along the way, I shifted back. I was kind of like bouncing a little bit in between picture book and uh, picture book manuscripts and these um, and early chapter book. And shortly there, shortly thereafter, so I, you know, um, I got the feedback on this early chapter book. Then I write, um, then I write a, a picture book manuscript. Like I spend the next kind of few months developing that. And I'm like in love with this thing. I'm like, oh, this is the best thing I ever wrote. <laughs> that's how I feel about every manuscript me, I write. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I'm like, right, oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm inevitably like, oh, okay. Well, maybe not. And then the next thing is the best thing. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> so I had, to, now we're kind of like toward the end of 2019. And it was literally the end of 2019. I subbed that thing to Jennifer Marsh Soloway in December. And she gets back to me fairly quickly. It's a rejection, but it is like, it's not a form rejection. It is mm. like a one page, you know, glowing feedback. No, <laughs> you know? Wow. And you, you, you had it, been, I go ahead. You, you had been like laser focused on Jennifer Marcella way at this point, right? Like, like I'm assuming, yes, I'm picturing yes. you had gone back to her with this this picture book submission, referencing the the fact that you had talked before, referencing the feedback that you had gotten, and sort of like building on that relationship that you had, or one sided yep. or two sided, um, a relationship that you had already built. Yep, absolutely. That was that. Uh, that's a big kind of maybe part of that's a big part of my query and journey uh, to sidestep this. The, the main thread story is because I I felt like early on that I wasn't going to query a whole bunch. I wanted to be sort of strategic with it. Mm. And um, she is not the only one I queried, but up until that point, I, I can't remember querying anybody else between or submitting anywhere else really beside, um, you know, the Cardinal rule thing. I did, I did submit to the editor that was a part of that critique session. Mm -hmm. I did later submit that, uh, that same chapter book story to her at, she was at Harper. Mm. I don't know if she, maybe she still is. I'm not sure. Um, but beyond that, I don't remember really querying at that in 2019 mm -hmm. and that that is a big part of my story because i i i wanted to i i i knew i had a lot to learn and i and and there's a big there was a big part of me that at during that year i kind of felt like i kind of felt like i wasn't ready like that my stories weren't ready mm. but i I also, but I wanted to, 
I wanted to, I was hoping to query in such a way that if there was a no, then hopefully I would get some feedback. Mm. And to that point, Josh, we had, we had met, we had interacted. And so I was hopeful. It wasn't like, I didn't expect her to, but I was like, if she doesn't want it, maybe she'll say something, you know? Right. And she did. And again, it was like, um, I, I want to say it was rocket fuel, but it was even more than that at that point in time. It was everything I needed to, to understand why that, per, why she said no to that particular manuscript. And it, it was more a problem of, it was m more a problem of kind of like formatting, like the, mm -hmm. like the format of the story rather than the words, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. It was really a poem. It was really a poem. And so it was not, I, I hadn't given much thought to page turns and that sort of thing by that point. I hadn't given a whole lot of thought to that. And and so in retrospect, I understand why that why that was not a picture book. It's time for this week's book reviews from John. It's Fall by Renee Corella is a wonderful ode to the autumn season, capturing its lyrical festiveness with brilliant illustrations and heartwarming verses. The rich color palette of oranges, yellows, and earthy tones immerses readers in the spirit of fall. This picture book beautifully encapsulates the essence of the season, from the excitement of going back to school to the joys of Halloween and Thanksgiving. Its delightful themes and diverse representation make it a perfect read for young children, making fall come alive through all the senses. From Josh, Hugo and the Impossible Thing is a great example of how to wear pattern and structure on your sleeve, but in the most constructive way possible. It's become a favorite in Josh's house on its face because it features an adorable dog protagonist meeting and working with other cute animals in a predictable repetition, but more importantly is a low stakes but very satisfying quest built around working together. Hugo exemplifies bravery and leadership by example, a growth mindset, and a positive collaborative spirit. And my review for this week is The Monster Above the Bed by Kaylee Pugh and Steph Liu. I chose it based solely on the fact that their names rhyme. Just kidding. I was able to get a sneak peek at this book, and let me tell you, the themes of otherness, flipping a popular trope on its head, and those vibrant, playful illustrations are even better than you could have imagined. Make sure to order yours today. And just for Verse Show listeners, Kaylee has generously donated your choice of either a copy of Monster with swag or a 20-minute AMA. To enter, share this episode, let us know you heard the review, and promote on social media. Tag us so we know to count your entry. And don't forget to get your own reviews or library requests in. It's the number one way to help an author's sales. Community shoutouts. Help support the podcast and the Kidlet community with a shoutout of your own, or check out Verse Show merch designed by the Maddie Frost. Or even better, leave us a review. It helps other people find us and, well, it makes us feel good. Find all our links on Threads, Blue Sky, or brennagenerat.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and even get the podcast delivered right to your inbox. And now, back to our show. Do you, do you think that 
you would have gotten your champagne rejection or champagne pass from her on that submission had you not met her in person and already had that rapport built and that feedback that you could reference? That's a good question. I don't know. I have heard of others that have gotten feedback from her like since then. Just a couple. I don't know how often she gives feedback. And... So I don't, so in learning that, I don't feel like I'm, I was like in this elite class of like, Hey, I got feedback from Jennifer March Soloway, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm one of the only or one of the super few. I don't know. So there's a part of like answering that question that I'm not able to, because I don't know. I don't know that much about how she conducts you know, whether, whether she has met a person before or not, I don't know how she approaches that, but there's a side of it that, um, there's a side of it that I feel like that story in and of itself, that, that story that I submitted was, was strong enough that, um, that maybe it would have gotten feedback because I did get feedback from a couple of different editors on that Mm. same story. And they were all very similar, but they were also glowing. Um, and so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that I would have, but I, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. Yeah, yeah. And kind of what I'm getting at behind asking the question in the way that I did is, you know, you made an investment in, in your career as a writer by going down to Atlanta and laser focusing mm-hmm. on, you know, I want this interaction. I want to build a rapport and, and I'm willing to 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 put up some of my own money to make that happen. You do that as an entrepreneur. What I, what I struggle with having, I don't know why we're looking for so many connections with you, Malcolm, <laughs> but I've, I've got entrepreneurship in my it's past It's like a as contest well. now. Yes, it is. I've got entrepreneurship in my past. I've talked about this before. I used to be a self-employed freelance photographer when I was in my twenties and I invested way too much money in my own business to my detriment, um, that, that I think really impacted, um, how comfortable I could live my life throughout the rest of my twenties into my thirties. And so, you know, I approach writing with, um, with, with the desire to, or with a timidness, um, at investing in, those sorts of interactions, travel, going to conferences, paying for memberships and things like that. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. we've talked to other agents, Caitlin Sanchez, Jennifer March Soloway, others around how powerful and how valuable those, um, those interactions are. And, um, yeah, I just, I, it's an exploration for me, but also an exploration on behalf of, you know, the audience who may not have these sorts of resources, um, to be able to drive, physical, personal interactions to build up their sort of um, acumen for how to how to do business in the kibbit world. Yeah, I see. I, I do think my lean is to I, I, I think I'm wired to believe that if I connect with somebody first, then I stand a better chance of having them, you know, provide feedback or you know, whatever. Because actually, as you were talking, I'm thinking about the the editors that I did 
get feedback from from that story well i met them at a different conference <laughs> so you're answering so my question. it wasn't blind but actually yeah. but you yeah but you couldn't i mean but it, it's also that i couldn't you couldn't submit to editors anyway unless you met them right right at yeah. a conference right so <clears throat> so um yeah i don't know i i I do encourage investing, but I also encourage investing wisely. And so, uh, or t- uh, like within your means and all that stuff. And that, that, that conference that I met those editors at, that was a local SCBWI thing toward the end of 2019 before the world shut down. And, but that, it, you know, it wasn't that one, I, you know, of course I didn't have to fly or anything like that. It was relatively expensive. I don't in, inexpensive. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much it was. Maybe fifty bucks or something. Yeah. And you know, so if, if you if if folks can if folks are in a position where they can sort of invest in something like that, that's relatively local. I mean, those are those are top tier editors and agents and all that that came to that thing too. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. So, well, James is going to be uh, okay. very jealous about how much we're talking about Jennifer Mark Soloway. Because <laughs> we're going to talk to him in a moment. I think he, kno- he, he knows this actually. <laughs> well, we have talked about him quite a bit on the podcast yeah, also because we've had several of his clients on too. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, so don't worry, James. Don't worry. We've got you. He knows he knows this because by the time I'm I'm kind of like jumping forward in the timeline a little bit, but I don't know if I don't think it was during the age during the call, but I, I don't remember exactly when we had this conversation. But I told him, I, you know, I'm I'm already repped by him at this point in time. But I told him I said, you know, <clears throat> I basically had a top three of agents that I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. You're one of them. Jennifer Mars Soloway is one. And uh, Adria, Adria Getz is the uh, And he, and he, um, and he told me, he said, um, well, like, I aspire to be like Jennifer Mars Soloway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. I feel like she sets, she sets a standard for agents Mm -hmm. for sure. And for what authors want in an agent. So I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that it's interesting though, what you're saying about being really focused and strategic about who you're querying to and that, you know, you didn't really want to query that widely. It's um, because it's, it's really hard. Like when you have, so a lot of the advice, right, when you first start out is like, okay, don't just have that one manuscript that you think is amazing, like have at least, you know, a handful, because mm-hmm. if they like it, they're going to ask for more and they want to know that you've been writing and you've developed your craft and whatever. But when you get to a point where you have like, you know, several handfuls of manuscripts and you're querying and you, you, it opens up a lot more options. So it's like, especially if you write between genres. So then it becomes like super strategic and really sort of like, oh my gosh, like the odds and the variables become that much more because you don't, you can't query more than one thing at a time to one agent. So you just mm-hmm. have to guess. Like if they rep 
PBs and chapter books and middle grade and YA, and you write all of those categories, just hypothetically speaking, this isn't based on personal experience, of course, but (laughs) except it totally is. So, but (laughs) so like, what do you, what do you send them? Right? Like you cut, you have to sort of like play this game, like, all right, well, I know the PB market is saturated, so maybe I won't send you those, even though I have, you know, X, Y, and Z that you're looking for, because me specifically, I write funny stuff. Funny stuff is really hard to connect with people. If they don't like your brand of humor, then they're not going to like your books. However, if they like nonfiction, like, okay, do I said the nonfiction, even though that's not that's not like truly my voice or do I go up and I sub middle grade or do I go with my YA or like, you know what I mean? So, but if they pass on one of those, like maybe they'd love something else. That's your foot in the door. And then they're happy to rep whatever. But so it gets harder and harder. But what I really appreciate about what you're saying is, yeah, have that really focused list and sort of like cycle through what you're working on and wait until they're open to, you know, X, Y, and Z and just keep, you know, keep at it. Um, Ebony Mudd told me the same thing because she, when she had parted ways with her first agent and she went to, you know, get new rep, she was very specific. I think she subbed to like three or four agents and her Mm. friends were all like, dude, like you, you got to sub wide because, you know, this is really hard. Like you got to get your foot in the door, like, you know, whatever. And she's like, uh, uh, she's like, I, I know who I want to work with. She's like, this is my bar. And if I can't work with them, like, okay. Like I go back mm-hmm. to the drawing board, I make my stuff better, I sub again. So I think it's yeah. really important to, you know, figure out what it is you want and to also have that sort of respect for your own writing and your own career and be like, look, this is my bar. I'm not willing to work with, you know, someone who doesn't rep all my stuff or someone who is new or somebody who is, you know, what whatever, whatever it is you're looking mm-hmm. for. Make that bar for yourself and then, you know, don't take anything less because it yeah, it's your, it's your career. So I, I just, I appreciate that you're, that you were willing to do that because it's hard. Yeah. And it, I resonate a lot with that, uh, that story about what Ebony said. And I think, I think there's a piece that I want to highlight. And that is when I set that bar and I set that bar, I, I would say fairly high, getting a rejection from that person and in this case getting feedback from that person that helped me tailor the you know the way that okay the the way that I approach writing stories and and like that helped me understand like okay this is this is what my stories need to be when I when I submit them mm-hmm. right and so is it was making me a better writer yeah and that was like that to me. That was a little bit a part of the strategy of uh, of of submitting of only querying uh, bits and pieces here and there to a few people is because I want to grow as a writer between queries. I don't yeah. want to just query the same thing over and over and keep getting no's. And so then that is a part of for me is a part of self-care because I knew going into this that rejection is a part of that is a part of the process. But, but I was always afraid of rejection, like growing, growing up, like throughout my life, like that was a battle for me. Uh, I was, 
I was thrown off course different ways because of rejection. And so a, a, an important piece of my deciding to, to go the traditional publishing route was to confront my fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I knew since that was a big part of it for me that I did not want to just willy nilly subject myself to more of it. If that makes sense. That is okay. So that that's a really good point, Malcolm, which that in particular really resonates with me because I, yeah, like you, I mean, of course it's part of the journey. Of course it is, but it's so hard to continually get rejection after rejection. And you're right. If you sub wide, you are going to get more of those. If you're not really strategic and specific mm-hmm. about what you're doing, you are going to get more. So mm-hmm. how did you confront your, you know, this, this fear of rejection or how did you, or, or in a better, like in framing it a better way, like how did you sort of like detach, I guess, because writing is so, so personal, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to take the rejection personal, but like writing is so personal, you know, like you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're writing the thing and you're doing it in a good, in a good way, it, you have to put yourself on the page and you have to, you have to be vulnerable. So if you mm-hmm. do that and you do all the things that they say you're supposed to do and you still get the rejection, that is really hard. And so mm-hmm. to sort of separate and detach is something that I feel like is a skill in this in this industry. And it's something that I still battle with. It's still really hard. Like I get, mm-hmm. I can get really rattled. Like some days I'm good. And some days it just like, I, it can, it can spiral my whole day, which is like not fair for anybody, not fair for me, not fair for my family, you know, like mm-hmm. nobody benefits. So, so what did you do? Like, how did you, how did you mm-hmm. move away from that? I, I think the reality is that I did did not detach very well, and <laughs> okay, the, okay, good advice. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no <Great>. solutions. <laughs> and, but, but that's <laughs> and but I think that's why I, for me, knew I couldn't send out tons and tons of queries because yeah. I because if if I if I'm let's let's just use this same story for example that uh jennifer marsalway gave me the feedback on well if i had sent that out to 20 people i would have gotten 20 no's mm-hmm. right but i as it stood i sent it in my recollection to three and i got three no's but they were all very quality no's okay. but yeah that so instead of like having that in 20 people's hands and getting form rejections and having no clue and then going down this hole of like, Oh, nobody wants my stuff ever, you know, like, cause mm-hmm. it, it's just like an, it's an abyss. And so yeah. since w- when you don't get any feedback, it, it, it's, it automatically becomes this like, well, what did I do wrong? And totally what's wrong with my writing and why doesn't anybody like it, you know, and stuff. And so when it might not be any of that stuff, right? But 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 since you got nothing else to go on, that's the default. And so I so I was kind of protect I was trying to protect my myself and that knowing that I have a hard time you know not being able to detach, 
by only sending it to a few mm-hmm. and a few that hopefully since I met them or whatever, they've seen me on Twitter, maybe they'll be a little nice to me. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's great advice. Like especially like making those personal connections because that's the that's what you lead with in a query. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. You're you know, like that's part of it. Like like make the personal connection, then like talk about the query, then like, you know, this is like, you know, what I have to offer. This is my background, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So if you have that personal connection, as opposed to just a generic, like, oh, hey, I saw your MSLW, like, I saw you were looking for blah, blah, blah. Here's my thing. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know who you are. Like, this is all right. But I, you know, I have something else on my list, whatever, like form rejection. But oh, I know you, like, hey, like, I, I met you on blah, blah, blah. Or like, we had a whole threat, you know, we had a whole conversation on social media, like, okay, like, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, Yeah, right. You were on my podcast. (laughs) Like, I get where you're coming from. You know, this is not for me. Like the writing is really good. What like you're, yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. Like you're more likely to get sort of a personal no, or like some sort of insight as to why, when you have a personal connection, which I guess just goes to say, you know, in this industry, like, connections and networking and just the community of it all is so so important you know like not only for querying not only for selling your books but just like also on the other end when you get that rejection like the community is so great about being like you know like trying to lift people up and trying to be like okay well you know I'm so sorry you got this pass but like let me Mm -hmm. let me put eyes on it for you like maybe we can like figure this out or like maybe it's amazing and like you sub the wrong agent like let's do this together Mm -hmm. um Yeah, it's a it's a testament to the Kidlit community as a whole. I feel like it's it's a really like uplifting, positive place to be. Yeah, and and it, it, look, it's a people business, yeah. and it's hard to see that. But every business is a people business, really. Yeah. But it's 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 a little bit harder to see that I think in publishing because, th- especially when you're new coming into it it feels like, oh, there's a wall there and I can't, you know, I, I have to like kind of tiptoe and I don't want to say the, I don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing because then that person's like, they might not want to read my story or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. And so that there's that, that makes it seem like editors and agents are, you know, like ruling with, almighty power and ready to strike people down and stuff like that (laughs) and like it it makes it seem like they're not approachable or Mm -hmm. that they're like and all but they're but but they're people yeah they're people with you know with this their hopes and dreams and and struggles and all the things just like anybody else and um i think if we can kind of keep that front and center it 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 starts to then we're approaching it. Maybe it take a little bit like, yes, it's a business, but we take a little bit of the, like the, the business, the businessy ethos uh, perspective out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> I don't know if I said that the right way, but yeah, it, Whenever you're dealing with business, I think whenever like whenever you're dealing with these like especially publishing that's been around for so long, it's got this 
it's got this sort of uh, um, veneer that makes it, it, it when you're on the outside of it, it makes it like really scary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but yeah, everybody that's inside of it is everybody that's a part of it is they're just people. <laughs> Just you doing know. Their best. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And they, doing all, their best. they yeah. all started out, you know, it, more or less, you know, where we're starting out. Like everybody has yeah. to start at the beginning. So it's not yeah. like, yeah, I, I feel like people understand. But okay, so how did you, how did you connect with James? How did that happen? Is that where you're going, Josh? That's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't give him some airtime. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. So where did I leave off? All right, so we're in twenty. We're kind of big in twenty twenty now. And um, oh, I, so this is kind of a part of an earlier question that you answered that I did not circle back around to, but it fits into this narrative. And that is a part of what helped me to keep going is my dad. Whenever I would, when uh, he he knew that I was pursuing traditional publishing, of course, he would know, like I would send back when I got rejections, all this, those things. I was, I was conferring with my dad. I didn't had, I didn't really have anybody else at that mm. point. I like, I'm a spouse, but we, we weren't really talking about my writing journey a whole lot. Mm. It sounds and, familiar, Josh. Yeah. There's a connection. Familiar. Yeah. Compartmentalism. <laughs> totally. And so, but my dad, so um, one of the things that my dad put me on was he, he then would, uh, he started sending me all these Ray Bradbury you know, video clips. Oh, and, nice. Like, um, Aww, thanks was, dad. That's yeah. really sweet. So, Ray Bradbury is from, from Waukegan. I grew up in Waukegan. So there is, he's kind of like a hometown <sighs> hero. Very <sort> cool. <laughs> And uh, well, he, he is. There's a statue and everything. Oh my gosh! Um, amazing! I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's big. Cool. So, so he sent me this one in particular, and Ray Bradbury is talking about. He said, "If you if you want to if you want to be if you want to be a good writer." And he's talking about novels, but the but the advice stuck stuck for me. He said, if you want to be a good writer, don't spend all year writing one novel. Because at the end of the year, you may or may not have much to show for it, basically. Mm. Right? You can spend all year writing a novel and not have really grown as a writer. So what he suggested, he said, instead, write a story every week. Write a short story every week. And that is that is how you learn. You know, if you write a story from beginning to end, you'll learn story. Mm. You'll learn narrative arc and things. You'll learn character development. You'll learn metaphor because you're practicing it over and over. And he said, I guarantee you, if you do that by the end of the year, you'll you will have 52 stories. Most of them will probably be trash, but you're going to have some good ones in there. Yeah. And I, I said, well, I'm going to do that. Uh, the Ray Bradbury challenge. I'm gonna, I love I'm gonna this. Do the Ray, I'm gonna do the Ray Bradbury challenge. I love it. <laughs> if anyone out there does this, please let us know. That's a, that's awesome. 
Hashtag rave, 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 John. Yeah, we're going to we'll take start it him. On you blue know sky. we are. Blue yeah. Sky needs some competitions, right? <laughs> some yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and so I was like, well, picture books are short stories. I will, I'll focus on picture books and I'll write a picture book a week. Amazing. How long did that so last the, for? Did you do this for a year? So I, I did it for 2020. Amazing. I did not. I, I missed. I missed some weeks. I think. I, I think I finished 2020 with. I don't. Know, it was something like 37 or 38 or whatever. That is, that books. is an amazing number for a year, though. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's impressive. Wow. Yeah, and and so along that way, part a big part of that fueled by Jennifer March Soloway and these couple of editors that had given me feedback. I came into 2020 like, okay, like (laughs) I felt like a new person, like a new writer. Yeah. Because I was armed with this knowledge of like, okay, I feel like I understand more of what they're looking for. I feel like, uh, like, look, I'm going to write a story a week and I'm going to figure this thing out. And we fast forward, we get to about the middle of the year. Um, pitch events are happening. I started taking part in pitch events. The world shuts down. And so everything's all of a sudden virtual. And the like becoming a part of pitch events was a big step for me because that was super scary for a couple of reasons. For one, I didn't know I didn't, you know, there, there's the kind of like, oh, what if nobody likes my pitch and stuff like that, of course, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then I had this like, well, what if, what if somebody steals my idea, you know, and stuff like that? Right. I, you know, so I, and I had no, I had no real writing community at this point in time. So I didn't really know anybody else writing picture books. And so, I, it, it's almost like I'm okay. I'm sending my pitches out there, and it kind of feels like a void, right? Which is the kind of the opposite of my strategic approach to querying. You know, yeah, like, right? I'm just scatter shotting <laughs> pitches out there. Totally. Um, that's the yeah. that's the Brenna strategy. In case anyone <laughs> out there is wondering, that's I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you're open. Okay, cool. Like, let's, let's go. Do this. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm trying to be more strategic, but anyways, <laughs> back back to you. So, um, so that, but what happened because of that was I started to, I started to meet other writers. That was the win for me there. Mm, Yep. I met Antoine. Um, I met, uh, Antoine Edie. I met, uh, I, I, my, my core critique group formed out of there. I met Jeanette, Jeanette Jones. We started just like for, however we did it we hit it off on twitter like as a part of a pitch event yeah and i was like hey like we should start a critique group <laughs> <laughs> um i met alicia myers she became she's a, in our the, critique tri- group yeah she she <laughs> she rounded out the initial around. trio yeah <laughs> yeah this is the i formed critique group at this in 2020 at this juncture and <clears throat> later Valerie Bowling uh, mm. became a part of it, but yep. that was towards the end of 2020. Um, 
but uh, meeting Antoine was huge for me too, because he he brought me into this kind of fledgling group that was all black picture book authors, but at various stages of their writing careers. Antoine was further along than I was. Um, Winsome was further along than any of us. Oh, she's amazing. That's very mm-hmm. cool. I didn't realize she was in your could be yep. I would yeah, and, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh uh a few and a few others. And so we like between these two groups, I grew as a writer so much. Mm. And um not with just having my stories critiqued, uh, Winsome and Antoine, especially they, the, them having the insight at like going through the publishing process and, uh, having connected with editors and stuff like that, uh, more like, I mean, they were giving me, it, it was like a masterclass anytime we shared anything in, in our, chat group and 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 that i so again i grew as a writer so 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 much then this was right after this was right after uh george george floyd got killed we antoine's like hey on twitter uh Hey, you know, a group of black kid lit authors, we've been like meeting, we've been, you know, doing these weekly sessions. Any publishing professionals want to come join, <laughs> like come share knowledge with us? Uh, any other black creators you want to come to, you know, and stuff. So he puts this call out and it's just like this thing blows up. And so every th- from from probably the mid, I'd say maybe June or July, maybe. I don't remember the exact month, but <clears throat> from about that time through the end of 2020, we were doing these weekly Zoom sessions that were, I mean, I, I would never be able to pay for the value of that. It was basically like a weekly class um agents and editors were coming to this thing and oh, we had wow. folks in the group that were sharing knowledge and it was just and and demystifying publishing mm. these were like relatively <clears throat> informal discussions the, kind of thing they were they kind of turned into some, some sometimes when the editor like editor agent came it would be informal they would just talk about like like they might talk for a half hour like about their experience with a thing or whatever just like hey i'm here i'm i'm willing to answer any questions that you have i'm willing to tell you what it's like you know whatever right wow what an incredible resource and how generous you know with their time like that's amazing it was amazing and then there were others that would do a little bit more formal type presentation. So 
this is how I think about rhyme, right? This is how I think about whatever. And and for some of them, they were it was almost kind of like practice presentation because they were going to present a talk, you know, the next week or next couple of weeks. And this is the talk I'm going to give. So whatever. So James came to one of those. And up until that point, I had I hadn't. I hadn't met James really. I hadn't, I did, I hadn't, I shouldn't say I hadn't met him, but I hadn't really seen, I didn't know he existed really. (laughs) (laughs) It it was like all, it was like all within the span of about, um, basically uh, like a month or two where someone, uh, someone gave me, um, referred me to him said hey have you considered querying james no i don't even know who that is <laughs> so i like i look him up <laughs> i look him up and immediately i'm like oh this dude is cool so then so well, then like sport I'm, suits i know he likes to wear matching jumpsuits <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's how i roll too i'm like we can like he's He's chill. Amazing. He's knowledgeable. I want a, uh, a sports, like a sweatband and like matching like <laughs> bracelets, like Wonder Woman. That's how I would oh, do it. Oh man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he's so, he's so down to earth and so like, yeah. um, he's, yeah, he's another I, one. I feel just, like he's just authentic. Like, just like, look, this is who I am. Yeah. And a, and, and a bright spot too in the kid like community. Um, like I, oh, I very much appreciate, spot. you know, when he shows up and he's just like, yeah, like I, you know, I want to shout out this thing or like, this is what I'm doing or like, you know, here's the insight to whatever. Like, yeah, no, uh, mm-hmm. like 100%. He gives across that vibe. Yep. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good so, that he's having his moment now in this conversation. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about at long last, James. <laughs> oh, man. So, so he, I, so I, 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 I learn about him through this thing and, um, so then I'm like, okay, does anybody know anything about James? Antoine, you know anything about James? Oh, man. <laughs> let and me tell James, you. <laughs> let me tell you about James. And he, and he just like goes on and on about how amazing James is and <clears throat> how James had helped him out in some ways, like just kind of out of the goodness of his heart kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Like. I won't give that whole story. That's not my story to give, but, but long story short is that Antoine was a huge fan of James, Mm. James's. And I don't remember how it all worked out. It was like, Hey, maybe we should have him see if he wants to join the, the, one of our Thursday night things. So James did join. I think James talked about querying and um I, from that point i was like oh like i'm querying this dude like this <laughs> this dude is awesome <laughs> um, i love when you feel it, like that you know what i mean like you have that connection instead of like like what we were saying before about sort of a generic like you know sort of like connection at the top of the query letter when you're like no 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 like i know what to say here like this is good like i like i actually connect with this person and i really would love to work with you like and i feel like mm-hmm. that comes across too right you're psyched and you're just like 
hey, yeah. like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, like you're cool, I'm cool, like I've got this story, like can, can you please look at it? Like, and also remember me, like we just chatted. Like, I, yeah, that's like, I feel like you can feel that on the page and it's worth noting, mm-hmm. you know, like sub to those people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and that's how that's how it was with him from, I had, like I said, I had started kind of doing a little bit of homework and I'm like, okay, I like what I see. Is it really real? Enjoying the call, I'm like, oh, it's real. It's, I, like, let's hope that, like, I'm hope this works out, you know. Right? So I took, I took a little time to make sure <clears throat> that uh, the the lead manuscript that I was querying, I, I took some extra time to make sure that it was uh, in tip top shape. Yeah. I used the, I I reformatted my query a little bit based on the the suggestions that James himself made in that session and i also took t- a little bit of time to make sure that my um that my other manuscripts were ready to go like that they were also buttoned up and so by that point in time of course i had written a bunch but most of the most of those were trash right mm-hmm. like of that 30 whatever 30 something and most of them were trash but there were some in there that uh that i was really fond of uh, Good Night Star Baby was among them. You all the, know them now as know it now as Dear Star Baby, mm-hmm. but the original title was D- Good Night Star Baby. Um, and, but the lead of that group was Sydney's Big Speech, <clears throat> which is uh, that is that is my title that's now going to be coming. It's coming out in February with Harper Collins. Awesome. And that was that was the story I led with. That was the story that that was the later iteration of the story that Jennifer March Soloway had given me the feedback on. It was it was kind of a different the the premise and all that was pretty much the same. But I had I just like I tore the whole I basically tore the story down and rewrote it. Still wanting still wanting. It, to say what I wanted to say, but yeah. it was just, it was just different. And so that's the story I led with Sydney's big speech. And, um, and James gets back pretty fast. So when I queried him, I don't remember how long it was, but it was very fast. Mm. Uh, within days, he, you know, was like, Hey, let's, Let's talk. Amazing. <laughs> and I was like, We've come to wait, understand that, that James doesn't have a lot of chill as far as stuff like that goes. Like his enthusiasm, he wears on which, his sleeve, <laughs> which right? is great. Which I love. Yeah, because I feel like that's I. I also do that. I I wear mine on my sleeve as well. So <laughs> I can definitely like connect connect with that. And also, just a real quick side note to say, I love. I mean, I love when agents get back to you quickly. Even if it's a pass, I mean, at least you know. And then mm-hmm. also, just like, yeah, like ju- just response time in general. Like, if it's quick, awesome. If it's a no, I'll, like that's a bummer. But like, at least you can sort of like move on. Like, it's so, I don't know. It's so hard with just crickets. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you know any agent who may or may not be listening. But if you're if you're out there, like you know, a response of any kind, I feel like is so helpful for anybody yeah. querying. You know, just to know. Absolutely. 100%. And I feel like he knows that. I feel like he, I feel, I feel like he is 
very intentional about that because he knows that that's not the norm. Well, because he's a writer and, too, right? Like he's <clears> in it. <throat> so like, I feel like that that sympathy is sort of something that's bred from the agency or fr- sorry, from the industry. Like you, mm-hmm. you get that understanding at a real level when you're also out there querying because it just is like, yeah. wow, that's hard. So yeah, no, I just, yeah. I very much appreciate agents who do that. And, and I would take that a step further and to say that he is he stays like that like that has that has been my experience with him as a client too right where he he gets back quickly oh that responsiveness and, i love that yeah, i have a real hard time with silence because i write <laughs> stories right so like i can write any yeah, story mm-hmm. in the silence like just give me an answer and then i'm like okay like all right fine it's no you don't like it like okay okay like i get i can yeah. spiral on that too but like in a different way. Like, at least I know, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, Oh, responsiveness is like, that's real high on my list. We have, we have this with James, we have this like kind of, it's like a little bit of a silent tug of war. Well, at least it was <laughs> not so much anymore, but like in the early days, I, I would, um, that, you know, like it's the weekend. I'm like, Oh, like, I forgot to send, I need to send this thing to James so he sees it tomorrow, whatever. And so I would message over the weekend and he would get back to me over the weekend. And I'm like, no. <laughs> right, you're like, you don't, not, you don't work so, on the this weekend. Is not, this is not what you're supposed to be, like, no, I, this is not, that's not what I intended. Like, this is not urgent, right? Yeah, right. And so, so, I, so we had, we talked about that and I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not messaging on the weekend anymore. And he was like, message me whenever, when you're thinking about something, I want you to message me. I'm like, no, because you're probably going to respond on the weekend. And I don't want you doing that. Right, like, you're like, I'm it's not to... urgent. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, I'm going to preserve your time. Right. Yeah. 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 So so that That's is awesome. like, I still, I will not, I, I won't do it. Like, I probably since that time, and this was, we probably had this conversation late 2020. I think... Probably since then, I messaged him one time. I think it was on a weekend, a little bit earlier this year. But yeah, so it, it for so um, I know that some others have a little bit different of of a story with James. And Audrey has a wonderful story about how like she uh, became agent by James. Yeah. <clears throat> earlier this year, we had. Uh, we all got to meet in person for the first time. We all went to highlights. I and, saw. But, I was. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of FOMO. It looked awesome. Uh, it was. It was awesome. And it, and it, and I learned there that there were a few others that had sort of similar stories, quote unquote, similar to Audrey's, and that they they had kind of cultivated this kind of a little bit like of a longer term uh, sort of relationship with James that resulted in. Uh, him repping them mm-hmm. mine was very quick mine was very quick it yeah. was um it, but it, it's one of those things that's kind of I, I love when audrey tells her story because <clears throat> one of the things i heard her talk about was how it, fr- from the time that she kind of like originally queried james to when she got repped by him she had she had to kind of learn one of the things that she learned was her her voice as a writer. Mm. You know, one of the things that that she really honed in on, and I would say that 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 
is true for me as well. I just hadn't queried him yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. so I think that by the time I queried him, I was pretty well certain of like, okay, this is who I am as a writer. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with, you know, the picture back picture book format. I'm also like, I also know what I want to do in terms of like writing outside of picture books and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so I was kind of already at that place. Uh, I, and I, 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 I think that's important to say because I think that at least my feeling is that I think it's important to get to that place and the way that people arrive there, I think is very different. It's going to be different for every person. Totally. Totally. I, um, well, I, so first of all, we, we're like way past the hour. So thank you for being so generous with your time. No, (laughs) don't be sorry. Like this was, this was such an insightful, like helpful conversation. I feel like for anybody who's querying anybody who's, you know, starting out in traditional publishing, like it, yeah, it does take all kinds of journeys. And I think that it was really insightful for you to share too, how, you know, specific you are in querying and, you know, how you use those queries to sort of improve your craft in between queries, not just like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you didn't like it, but so you don't, you don't know what you're talking about, but instead to be like, okay, look, like they didn't like it. It's for a reason. Let me see what I can do. Requery, you know, be really specific. Yes. Um, Yes. But so, oh, I'm sorry. It was very important to me to not query the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To do something in between. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so on that note, is there, is there anything that we've left out that you want to, to shout out or? Oh, geez. Uh, so I, I, maybe it's nice to mention that I have, I have so far six, I have so far six picture books under contract. Wow. Welcome. That's amazing. Uh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we will, yeah. everybody keep your eyes on Malcolm. He has a lot of things yeah. coming. Amazing. <laughs> yep. So it's going to be, it's going to be a busy few years coming up. Um, Sydney's big speech is next year with Harper and in 2025, I've got two, two picture books coming out. One is uh, the daddy, Actually, no. Actually, no. I'm, I can't keep it straight now. Um, <laughs> That's a good problem to have. So, so, so I have, I have, I have an early 25. Um, it's called I Am the Spirit of Justice. And this is, I'm so, 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 so excited about this book because, and I'm excited about all my books, but this one is so special to me because. It is co-written with my best friend from when we were 10. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So cool. My childhood, my childhood best friend Jamar Tisby. He um he so he he published his first book um called The Color of Compromise. Oh, when did that one release? That might have released in 2018. I think that was 2018 or 2017. One of the, I think it might have been 2018. Um, and so he has since 
hit the New York Times bestseller list. And he's got, wow. yeah, like, he has, when we talk about like finding your place as a, as a writer, he has found his place and he is doing it. And he, um, he, he it's, um, he focuses a lot on, on racial justice and, uh, and that, and he is working on his now third book. And that is, uh, the spirit of justice. And this, the book that we did together is a kind of a companion. It's a picture book companion to his adult book. Oh, cool. That's delightful. Yeah. That's delightful. So it is, it's like, it's a, awesome. that, that is a cool sort of like dream come true because, you know, there, when you grow up with somebody, there's always those conversations about like the, the sort of like, you know, the, the sort of mark you want to leave on the world or the things that you want to do in life. And we both, we both had this, like, we want to do something. We don't just want to like be a part of the world and just leave and not, you know, not have helped not have helped in some sort of way Mm. and so now we get to now we get to have this this book together and it's so awesome so that's i am the spirit of justice that's early 25 late 25 is um uh is i the daddy daughter dance is scheduled for that uh that's one that's near and dear to my heart um that's with uh, Holt, which is an imprint of Macmillan. That was a two book deal. So the second book uh, for that one doesn't have a date yet. And then uh, and then the other one that's coming after that, I can't talk about yet. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of the roundup. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, and we will post yeah. all of the all of your social media links in the show notes so people can find you. Um, and yeah, just again, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you both for having me. I, I, again, it's a, it's a real honor and I love, you know, uh, I've really enjoyed my time sitting with you both. Josh, we did not get to talk about bread, but we can do that. (laughs) Come on back. We'll have, Ooh, we'll do a panel discussion. We'll have you back. Um, with Audrey and Emily and you and yeah. Totally. Totally. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Thanks, for, Thanks listening for listening this week. This week. Find, Find all of our, our episodes and other links and information at linktree.com slash first show. Or reach out to us on Twitter. Who's guys against the Graham or the next verse? Thanks again. Bye. Bye.